Hello, and thanks for listening to Nerds About, a podcast where we take a deep dive on some of your favorite subjects every week and interview a different subject matter expert. My name's Caleb, I'm your host, and this week we're going to be Nerds About Songwriting with Nathan Stoffer. Nathan, thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's real exciting. So, uh, uh, Nathan, jumping into this, what qualifies you as a subject matter expert with songwriting and musical composition in general? Well, I don't know that there necessarily is a person who can claim to be the expert on on these topics, especially because they are very subjective. But uh, the credentials that I do hold is I, I went to school actually studying these things. Um, I had a degree that was kind of a makeshift degree that I was able to make on, on my own uh, in my college program that was specifically focused on songwriting um, by combining classes from the music side, which was music composition and arranging and orchestration with classes on more of a music business side where I studied copyright law and music publishing mm-hmm. and how the music industry works, like how the Kind of actual... like the background, like producing side? Exactly. And yeah, and also the recording technology side of it too. So I kind of created a comprehensive degree all around the, that niche of songwriting. So okay, so you so what school was it that you went to that let you do this? So it's uh, Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee, and they ha- are very well known for both their music business and their music uh, performance programs. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And the way that I kind of catered my degree, I was hanging out with both groups, sort of. Okay, and so what's kind of the difference between? You know, you so, so why so why would this end up being such a big combo of going from like the music business side, like the kind of the you know you said a little bit about like copyright law and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and then you're going to like the creative side, most of the songwriting, and so merging those together to be uh, just to where you can kind of do the full process on your own instead of having to rely less on studios. Or what, what was kind of your thought process behind that? Yeah, I think it was. I started out as a music business major. Uh, a lot of people at, at least at that time we would we went to school because of the music business program and we wanted to learn about how the industry works and we wanted to be in Nashville where there was a lot of that going on um and it was kind of from that point that a lot of us would start to find our own niche and you know for instance my roommate that I went down there with uh, and, and we lived in the same dorm for a couple years he ended up going into the recording and audio video side, he now works on, you know, film sets and things like that. And so we all kind of just, we all started as the same thing and then we all found our niches. And for me, um, it was the fascination came with music theory, especially when I started taking theory and that turned into kind of the understanding of composition and how that all works. And, um, that that's where it really came alive to me. And so while I wasn't actually there as a music performance major where I had to focus on one instrument or voice or anything like that, doing recitals or anything like that, yeah. I was able to still uh, spend a lot of my time kind of in the music department, learning those tricks to uh-huh. go along with my music business that I was already kind of doing. <laughs> so you said, you know, you kind of found your niche in that. Yeah. And so what was it that kind of attracted you to the the songwriting to that you know if you went straight music business and you you know what kind of you said your roommate kind of went this way you went towards this what what was it about it that made you so passionate about it made you so attracted to that specific thing it was definitely the creative side um 
you, one of the things that you feel very quickly when you get into an environment like that, because there's so many people that are so good at, at everything, yeah. uh, you, you, to some degree, the niche that you find is like survival. <laughs> you know, you, you yeah. say, uh, you say, okay, well, these 300 people are all better singers than me. So I probably not, don't want to yeah. tout that as my thing. These people are all better networkers than me, so I probably shouldn't just be like a straight up music industry person because they're all going to look more impressive there. Yeah. Uh, and so a lot of and, and same for pretty much every aspect. But the one area where I felt like I had something to offer was um, the sort of creative conceptual side of things. And so I, I really try to take that and run with it and say, you know, what are the ways that I can enhance that part of my abilities that's where i feel like yeah. i can actually hang with these people <laughs> yeah where, where can i kind of round out and kind of yeah. uh if you listen to the last well last episode we recorded i'm not necessarily sure it's the last episode you listened to but uh, if you listen to our episode with drew carroll you know he kind of talks about like the people who are being so well-rounded down there that they can cover multiple parts you know he was in the la music scene more than, yes. than nashville but being able to just kind of find your niche but also find be able to do a little bit of everything for everybody yeah. Kind of ring with you. Yes. For so, sure. You know, but you started before you even went to school for that, though. You did have, uh, you did do some songwriting and stuff like that before when you were younger with your uh, brother, didn't you? Or did that come after the. No, yeah, grade? that was later on. I mean, I would do fun projects with my family, uh, my brother, and my sister, or just things more just like a, like a child would do. I mean, uh, uh, so I, I did care about that stuff and I felt uh -huh. like I was kind of clever and all that, but I didn't really have, there's one, it's one thing to have uh, ideas. It's another thing to know how to, how to do something like, with how them, to actually make something with <laughs> how it? to yeah. have the chops. And so, um, yeah, my brother, my sister and I later on and, and after this point, we would do a lot of like fun kind of creative songwriting projects together, mm -hmm. but they usually ended up being fairly ambitious ones because then once we had the ideas, I kind of applied my own weaponry yeah. to it and they act and made things way bigger than, than they should yeah, have they been. Cause been, it wasn't yeah. just stupid family ideas. It was like a stupid family idea that I then like was able to make professionally make viable. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what was kind of your first songwriting project that came out of all that? I know you've talked about like your, uh, 80 pop duo with your uh, brother. And I heard you talk about some other different projects, like uh, Christmas songs and things like that. What was kind of the first one of that? that yeah, the stuff that we did just with my family for fun, it started out with Christmas albums. We would make those for just for the rest of our family for Christmas. We would just do these completely ridiculous, goofy Christmas albums. And a lot of them at first, we were just uh, doing well-known songs in really crazy ways, like yeah. shouting Silent Night at the top of our lungs and things like that. <laughs> um but then, yeah, then it sort of springboarded into like writing our own songs. Like we wrote this whole uh, epic love ballad about myrrh and about just what what myrrh is, and we you know yeah. kind of stayed super ambiguous with with the way that we worded the song, so, stuff, yeah. so that you never really ever figured out what myrrh was. But it was it was all about myrrh, um, and yeah, so we would write things like that, and it just it became um, kind of like a goofy tradition that we had, and and then people were starting to ask for us to make them. You know, yeah, outside wanted, of our family. Had, like specific requests. Yeah. yeah. So, so then we then it became a bigger thing. Yeah. So my favorite one, out of hearing a couple of these, what was the idea behind the Mary Did You Know trivia edition? Yeah. Same kind of thing. Like just taking a, um, a even if a song that already exists, but arranging it into a more clever way. So we mm -hmm. we made a song where we sang it to Mary Did You Know, but 
all of the things that we sang afterwards were just trivia facts. Like, Mary, did you know these facts? So it was pretty awesome. Sounds like a lot of fun. So what type of that, so you went from that, was kind of some of the stuff that you did with your family. Mm -hmm. What other songwriting and where, how else have you kind of used this since school? I know you have, uh, you had a band for a while that's got an album out on Spotify. Yep. You've got an EP out on Spotify. How did, you know, kind of walk us through what was the process of uh, the songwriting, the recording and and all the way to publishing on that? Yeah. Well, um, the first stuff I did, especially in college and coming out of college was a lot of disconnected disjointed creative projects that were just more exercises in in songwriting everything from things i actually did for classes like i had classes where i actually they would give you a i remember one day we were sitting outside our whole class was sitting on the Mm -hmm. ground and and our uh professor just said all right i want everybody to write a song about a blade of grass and and bring it back in like three days. And so we had to full on write songs, either have them recorded or be able to play it in class. And it was just an exercise in, all right, where do you go with this? You know? And so um, he didn't give any more direction, anything than that. And so, you know, I came back with a song that was kind of about like wanting to stand out from the rest and feeling like you're just getting trampled on and, and all these things. And and so it's like an exercise in how do you, how how do you self express yourself through this lens? Yes. Uh, and so, and, and so I did things like that and I did ones that were just my own, you know, projects and a little, you know, some of them I actually recorded and got to do cool things with mm-hmm. some of them were just things that never made it past my mind. But, um, a lot of it was just things like just disjointed, disjointed things like that. Um, and then I recorded an EP coming out of uh, college that was kind of just like a lot of my best ones yeah. of that group. Um, and it wasn't until several years later that I actually decided I'm going to kind of shoot for the fences. And, um, that's not a phrase swing for the fences. There you go. I like to shoot at fences too, though. And, uh, that I was going to actually try to do a kind of ambitious project. And so I came up with the idea of to do a full concept album where the whole album told a story and I wrote a book to go with it. And that's the one you're referring to with having a band and having that album on Spotify and all that. And that was kind of my, my baby a little bit later in life, but obviously all the things that I took from my schooling went into that. Yeah. And uh, if you are looking that up, you can't, you can still find the book on Amazon. Can't you? Yeah. So the books on Amazon as the albums on Spotify and probably a couple other places is uh, after Z after Z. Yep. So what, what was the, the idea behind after Z? So uh, even just as the title would suggest, this is a, a story that kind of takes place outside of the things that, you learn in school or the things that you can touch with your hands. This mm-hmm. is what happens after Z. Um, and actually later on uh, found the Dr. Seuss book. There's a book called uh, on beyond zebra in which oh, okay. this little kid like is showing this other little kid, all these new letters that come after the letter Z beyond zebra. And so it, I kind of use that as some of my motivation kinda, later kinda on, motivation, but, yeah. but I, I had found that after the fact, but that's kind of the same idea that this is a, the world that comes outside of the um outside of the walls if you will and so how was it different for you uh you know you talked about you know you finding your specific niche and you're talking about these projects i I know there's some people who are more like songwriters and just straight musicians and you Mm -hmm. definitely got a a ton of musical talent Mm -hmm. but you've also you know kind of got i've seen a lot of guys who've got a ton of musical talent and can play stuff other people have written Mm -hmm. so how does your your you know, you're your musicians and playing this and, and 
you know, just being technically skilled in an instrument and then your songwriting coming together and doing all that. I feel like there's like, there's a big group of people who write songs that famous mm-hmm. artists perform. And then there's a, you know, a bunch of artists who can perform these songs, but don't really write any of their own stuff. And so how did you kind of like be able to be able to do both? Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of stepping back on that a little bit. I mean, I think the way anybody writes songs is going to be give a little bit of a snapshot into what their abilities are. So for mm-hmm. instance, like somebody that's a really good guitar player is going to write songs that are very impressive. Very guitar from heavy, the guitar. Very guitar yeah. Driven, yeah. Uh, and, and for good reason. Um, and so uh, somebody who is a really, really good vocalist is going to write songs that have a bigger vocal range because it yeah. showcases it, things like that. So for me, um, I wouldn't consider myself a musician that could just take anything and do anything to the best of my ability. But since I'm writing my songs, I kind of write them for me. And so um, what will sound good with my voice or what what will I be able to, uh, what will kind of show my character, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't classify myself as a type of musician that can just take anything and turn it to gold though either. Yeah, for sure. And so even within that, what are some of the, uh, what are some of the bigger influences on you? Like when you're song, when you're writing a song, you know, you keep mm-hmm. talking about everybody having their own expression and mm-hmm. kind of going towards what they're good at. But what is kind of your, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about, oh, hey, write the song about a blade of grass. Mm-hmm. If somebody were to give you something, if I were to say, hey, write a song about, you know, the chair that we're sitting in or something like that. What, what's kind of your like your mental approach of how you, you, you know, would you just suddenly say, hey, I want to write a song. OK, well, it's going to be about this. Or do you just pick a certain subject? Like what's kind of your process from to, to go from wanting to write a song to actually having a song and, and recording it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um uh, I think like themes are very important. Trying to mm-hmm. step back and get overall themes um, is is a great way to start. So, for instance, you know, in that blade of grass example, um, the way to start is to say, "All right, what is it about a blade of grass that you know mm-hmm. I can sing about? Well, I can sing about that it's green, or that doesn't really mean anything, you know." So, yeah. um, you kind of you start thematically. Um, for me personally, I always love writing stuff that I feel like has multiple meanings, like mm-hmm. one line that has multiple meanings or just kind of clever type lines that, yeah. um, whether it's wordplay or something like that. So I'm usually trying to write, um, you know, even in the, go back to the blade of glass, grass song, like I'm writing a song about a blade of grass, but I'm also, you can kind of take it as I'm writing a song about that kid that feels like he's unnoticed and alone, you know? So yeah. that, that, um, is usually the direction that I go with things that there's, there's always like some kind of extra meaning that you could get out of it. And so I j- tend to write really like loaded, emotionally loaded lines. I'm not uh-huh. as good when it comes to just like writing, the songs that just a person listens to in their car and it reminds them of their relationship. You know, I, I don't do as well with that. I'm yeah. try to be much more visual and, um, and sort of contemplative. Maybe that's the word. I don't know. Okay. That makes sense. So, you know, so that's, if that's your, you know, that's your personal approach and how you're writing a song. Does that affect how you, um, listen to other people's music. So if you're listening to a song from somebody else, is there, you know, are you listening to, uh, 
maybe more of the oh hey they're writing this song in this way and 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 like getting more of so how does that kind of affect how you listen back to music now i think it definitely affects the kind of stuff that i like the most the stuff that i listen to the most tends to be um songs that that are written a little bit more like i would write them in fact my Mm -hmm. wife and i uh, will talk about this a lot of times like there'll be songs that she really likes on the radio and she'll say, do you like that song? And I'll say, I, I guess it's okay. And she'll be like, well, why don't you like it? And I'll say, you know, something like, well, I just don't, I feel like that chord progression's really bland or something like that. And she's yeah. like, yeah, but they're singing about how they really wish that their boyfriend would notice them. And I'm like, I didn't even notice that that's what they were singing about. You know, like yeah. for me, those kind of relational or conversational messages don't stand out as much to me, but I can listen to another song that might come off as much more abstract to somebody else, or at least not. It doesn't speak to them initially, but to me, it's like, oh, I, I can tell the three things they're kind of getting at all with this one line. Yeah. Um, and so I, even in the way I listen to music, that's the stuff that tends to speak to me more and that, that I care about. Or just the just from the straight up music compositional side, oftentimes I get too uh-huh. buried in that that I don't even pay attention to that there are lyrics. So I probably should more often. But Yeah, and so... So you'll get caught up a lot of times in what's going on musically over what's going on lyrically yeah. or lyrically you'll get caught up in uh, more abstract stuff than maybe some other people are catching on to. Yeah. So uh, what are some of the bands that you, you know, you, t- you start talking about this. So what are some of the bands that you listened to that were kind of inspirations as you were going through that, that you were, uh, you know, what was it that, you know, what were these bands that you were listening to before and what are these bands, how does that change how you're looking at bands that you listened to before this degree and after this degree and kind of after this experience? I don't know if that changed it too much, like any specific one um, band or artist that necessarily changed it so much for me as just the more and more that I knew what I was talking about or knew Mm -hmm. what I was listening for. Um, See, I don't know. I just I, I keep the mentality that music is just completely subjective. So I would never be like the person that says like, well, I know more about music. So Mm -hmm. I like these bands because that's what people who know about music. Like, like that's not, I don't take that mentality. So I don't know that there's any, any real difference that it has played for me that, um, Oh, I, now that I feel like I know more about kind of the writing side, uh, I can appreciate these artists more than others, but I I mean, certainly like a a band that I did a ton of my research on in school, but for songwriting projects in school was the Beatles. And so I I learned how to dig into, you know, such a, like a prolific writing band. um, And, and that was meaningful to be able to just kind of dig into inspiration and, and kind of where, where their stuff came from and the techniques that they used to write everything. So, I mean, there's a little bit I learned from that, but Otherwise, I don't know that there's necessarily um, anybody that really has changed my perceptions on, uh, you know, songwriting and and yeah, composition and anything like that. Okay, that, I mean that's fair to say, and it, I find it interesting. You keep talking about like how subjective all of this is and how it changes from person to person, right. and so I, I mean I'm just kind of interested in like as you I'm trying to think how to state this. You know, with with your view and your kind of understanding of how subjective uh, all these different types of music are to to the listener and stuff like that, does that mm-hmm. make it kind of easier to uh, 
be more eclectic in your taste uh, of music yeah. or to, to look at, you know, look at stuff and say, like, hey, hey, I can get that this isn't necessarily something that I appreciate, but why other people would appreciate that? Yeah, it's exactly that. There's a lot of stuff that if like same going back to those conversations with my wife, she says, do you like the song? There's a ton of times where I say it's not really like my thing, but I think it's a really good song. Like there's a lot yeah. of times I say things like that um, because, yeah, it's there's a difference between something just not being my cup of tea and just not being well done at all. And so I feel like I can at least appreciate that. Even my time in Nashville, I listened to a lot of country music mm-hmm. and, and my actual musical tastes. I don't really, you know, enjoy country yeah. music or have anything like that, but I loved listening to a lot of the, um, you know, the, the songs, country songs on the radio, because I think they're so well written yeah. from more, more from a lyrical standpoint than anything, yeah. but lyrically, these guys are brilliant that are writing this stuff. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I can totally appreciate that and love it without it necessarily being my thing. Yeah. So, so you kind of bring up an interesting point there as you go between different genres, right. And you've got, you know, you've got your, your, uh, you know, and I know that you can always, generalized genres or you can make genres really specific like yeah. i've got some buddies who claim that they they're a, a bandit rock is their genre oh. um, whatever that means wow. and, and, you know and so you've got like your pop punk you've got your rap you've got hip-hop you've got mm-hmm. you know country all stuff so as you're looking at like songwriting stuff with that it, like what kind of what kind of aspects of the musical composition and the songwriting as a whole kind of does each genre you know excel most at Oh, wow. That's a tough one. I mean, definitely lyrically. I don't, I don't think there are any better songs lyrically than, than country songs. Well, let me take that back. There's, there's better songs lyrically in terms of like being loaded with emotion. I don't think there's any better crafted lyrical songs than country songs. They're like, they're kind of masterworks of are you, talk, are you talking story about story crafting? You know, it's like the story they yeah. tell, or because you'd think that like with like rap and like okay, are they how are they? You know, because they've got to do all their rhyming and stuff like that, or is that just oh yeah, making words rhyme as compared to what are the story you're telling with it? And once again, this is all subjective. Yeah, it's, to your opinion. I, I would say like the the brilliance of a lot of rap stuff would be it's like really good stream of consciousness kind of lyric writing, just mm-hmm. like you know taking your thoughts, putting them into cool packages that rhyme and have good meter. Yeah. Um, Whereas like country lyrics, they just, you know, they just have the cleverest hooks and they have, you know, they can throw, throw out two lines that like some person in Arkansas is just like, they just told me about my whole life in those two lines. You know, it's, it's phenomenal uh, the way they do that. Um, But uh, yeah. And then I think, you know, obviously like rock and a lot of heavier music is going to do a really good job of kind of being an emotional outlet just in the music. Even, you know, I mean the use of the lyrics yeah. too, but um, it's a good emotional outlet. So, I mean, is that kind of what you're asking? Like yeah. what are those yeah. things? Yeah. I think that's a, you know, a great genre for a, some release maybe if mm-hmm. you will. Um, I think I really like from a hip hop standpoint, I really like the usage of rhythm um, not just like the drum beats, but the actual rhythm of the words. I think yeah. that's where there's there's such a cool and pop music has, does it a lot more now too. That's um, kind of like the like the almost the, like the Macklemore there. thing of like not yeah. not even necessarily rapping, but just being yes. in the the rhythm of how the sentence is structured. Yes, and that's personally my favorite. I like that kind of stuff better than I do like 
the really like in your face like do 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 like yeah. that. I like when it's almost like poetic in its delivery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's yeah. I think that's really interesting on on looking at the different uh, you know songwriting aspects within those and seeing like hey what stands out and what doesn't. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked you know you you talking about being back in Nashville and you know listening to the country music in Nashville. What was kind of your um, what was your experience, you know, being in that area with that many songwriters? What were, what was your biggest experience, um, dealing within the industry and dealing within songwriting there for, in Nashville and, and how has Nashville been kind was kind of it, you know, it's, it's, I, I feel like Nashville is kind of one of the songwriting, uh, or just music oh, yeah. know, capitals of the world. Um, and so what was, what was your experience with Nashville as a songwriter? I loved it. Uh, I mean, my it wouldn't certainly be an expert opinion, but just from my time that I did spend there, I feel like it's for how, um, for how competitive it is and how many people there are trying to do the same thing. I feel like it's such an incredibly encouraging and, um, Mm -hmm. an empowering town. I feel like people are really genuinely out there to help each other, to try to do good stuff together, to encourage one another. Like it, it's amazing how, not cutthroat it it feels yeah um I, yeah i really really like the people there i really like the town a lot i like the feel of the city um you know for me i kind of just came to a point at which um my my time was running out there just there wasn't there weren't really the opportunities that i was looking for there and you yeah. know i, I could have i kind of had to make a decision to kind of go more towards just coming back home or, or just roughing it more there, Mm. but, and, and, and could have been a good decision either way, but, um, there was nothing about being there or about the way that kind of the industry works. That was frustrating to me. I I really liked how everybody kind of operated and you do, you learn a lot about the ins and outs of the actual industry part of it and not just, um, you know, how, uh, I guess just how it really works. You see, you know, people getting together to co-write songs all the time and, and, uh, um, yeah, it's really cool. So what was your favorite project that you got to, to work on, um, that you, that you're just like, what was, what, what are your projects that you've worked on either there or just in general that we we the proudest of? Like some, some of the songs you mean, or songs, projects, yeah, like I said, when I was there, I didn't really have one big cohesive album type project until I did mm-hmm. After Z much later. Um, in school, I did a lot more. Like I said, just, oh, this is a clever song. Let me write that. Let me try this. Let me try this. Um, but I got to do a lot of things. I got to kind of, even when I would write songs on my own, I got the opportunity oftentimes to record them really professionally because a lot of my friends, they were in the recording classes. So they, needed- so they had projects where they're in these really nice Nashville studios that they have to do for their advanced classes and they need somebody's song to record. So I got to go in and do, you know, so I got that kind of practice and it was great. Um, but I did projects in school. I did a lot of like comp- composing and arranging. Uh-huh. So for instance, in my arranging classes, um, it was taught, the professor who taught it was the, also the jazz band conductor. So everything that we arranged, we would take songs and have to arrange them for a full jazz band. And at yeah. the time I was also working on all my Beatles stuff. So I would take Beatles songs and arrange them um, for a full jazz band and get to hear them played. And that's really cool to get to hear that played, all that yeah. stuff that you spent all that time writing, all those parts. And I, I orchestrated a, a Beach Boys song uh, for a full orchestra. And like, um, so I got to do those kind of projects, but then I just got to like, 
like I said, write some songs on my own. Um, I, I guess a couple cool examples. Let's see. I wrote one song talk coming back to talking about the double meaning of things. I wrote a song that, um, was basically, it sounded like I was singing a song about a girl. Like uh-huh. I would describe her and I would say all these things about her. But what I was really singing about the actual, she of the song was the song itself. So anytime I would describe her in the song, the music would take on the form of how I was describing, describing this girl. And so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, um, trying to think like what other, uh, I wrote, um, I wrote like a, like a TV theme song. We had to like do a composition that made it sound like it was for a, a theme song for a TV show. That was pretty cool. Um, I actually did have a band in college that I wrote some songs for. We were probably pretty cheesy, but you know, it was well, still that's something. That's what college band supposed to be, It was right? still something that I did, so I don't know. So, so have you ever like composed something for like a podcast? Because we could use the theme song. I've, I mean, I've done a lot of like, well, I've done commercial <laughs> jingles. I've done several really? of those. Yeah. That were actually used on like national commercials? Uh, not national, like just local, but like local areas. And, yeah, local areas. And then I've done uh, just a bunch of like shorter compositions that have gone under stuff like music beds and things like that. Yeah. So, you know, when you start talking about like composing and arranging, like, mm-hmm. is there a way that within composing and like switching the arrangements of stuff, switching keys and stuff that you can kind of, that you've ever like, almost like change the feeling and change like the meaning of a song within that. And what, what, how do you do that? And like, what was that like? Oh yeah. You can make a big difference with the way that you take in the same song and just arranging it differently. You can make a big difference. And honestly, I probably would describe myself as an amateur when it comes to that. I mean, some of these guys, the way that they can, the way that they know to, you know, modulate things and, um, just put a whole different kind of, tonality of chords underneath stuff like you can really change the the feel of something um and so i'm i'm i understand it and i could probably do it fairly well but yeah like i'm definitely a believer that that arrangement can completely make and break uh so is there any song that uh, you've heard that that you've thought that you know you kind of had that thought of well, if they had, you know, arranged that a little bit differently and taken this from being sounding, you know, more down to being, you know, a, a more of an upbeat song or, or, you know, maybe vice versa. Is there anything you can think of? I mean, I know that's off the top of your head. That's probably hard to do, but. I don't have any, like, great holistic example of that, but there are definitely times where I'll be listening to a song and, like, in the middle of the song, I'll go, oh, I wish they would have gone there with that instead of here. You know, like, I, yeah. I've had a few of those, but not, yeah, nothing that I'm just like, oh, they totally messed this one up. Yeah. That, 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 yeah, makes a lot of sense. I mean, if people are putting so much work into it, you really almost don't want to, you know, once again, the whole subjective thing. Yeah. So, how is your uh, approach? How, how have you grown? You know, you talked about all the different subjects of school, but, you know, if you looked at the, at Nathan right as he was coming out of school, and looked at Nathan now, you know, after, after Z, um, after <laughs> your Sunrise EP, yeah. um, a- after all these different things that you've done, how have you kind of changed in, in what you did then versus what you do now and in, in your musical style, what you like, what you'd um, kind of push for? Is there any of those projects that you'd like, you know, change something on if you were redoing them now? Yeah, I don't, that's a great question. I've thought about that before. I mean, there's, it's always easy to look back and stuff or listen back to stuff and say, uh-huh. Oh, that was kind of cheesy, but I still don't know that I would change it. Cause I feel like I don't feel like my ideas are any better now than they were 
before. So maybe I would say, oh, I would have done this idea differently now than then, but I don't know that that's necessarily better. I think there's stuff that I did early on that there are plenty of times where I listen back to stuff I did early on or maybe something I forgot about. And I'll be like, man, I forgot about that. That was really good. You know, I mean, there's plenty of times like that. And so I think that, um, I think a lot of times it's just kind of like that band that, you know, they had a really good album when they first came out and then they had a couple of okay ones and then they had a great one and they had an okay one and then another great one. And it's not because, you know, they're getting any better or worse. It's just, you sort of come up with different ideas at different times and sometimes it hits better than others. Yeah. And so I, I, I do feel like that with a lot of my stuff. I mean, there's probably things that the recording quality or my voice or something, I'm kind of like, wow, that's not nearly up to par. And I wish that would have never been seen the light of day. But in terms of the writing, I don't, I don't know that I would change anything, even if I kind of feel like I would change something. I think I like the fact that I was always just doing what my ideas were yeah. at that time. Well, and also, I mean, it kind of, you, you kind of look back on it and say, hey, you know, it may not be something that I agree with now, but it's representative of where I was at at the time. Yeah. I think that, yeah. So, you know, once again, you know, we looked back at your younger self, but if you were looking at somebody else now who was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, young person who wanted to get into that songwriting, wanted to get into that music composition... How would you tell them to get started in there? What advice would you give somebody who was looking at kind of pursuing that same passion? For me, I think music theory, like understanding music theory is a huge, has been an incredible help to mm-hmm. me because I was like that high school kid that I'd have ideas. Like music theory is not going to give you ideas, but it's going to yeah. help you know what to do with it. Kind of what I talked about before of like even just doing funny projects with my siblings. Yeah, It was the difference between us just singing something and letting that be that or singing something and then making a full blown recording out of it. If you have the understanding of kind of what the tool belt is that you can work with, um, then it can take anybody with ideas and give them an actual way to make those happen. So for me, what really turned the tides for me was when I started to understand what I was hearing and why I was hearing it. And I wasn't Uh just writing songs by sitting down at a guitar and hitting all the notes until I found the one that I wanted. Like I was, I was able to say right in my head, Oh yeah, what I'm hearing in my head, like this is how you actually do that on a piano. And so, yeah, I think that is the thing, even if you're a good instrumentalist already, I think it's having a, really good music theory base is kind of the way to not only know how to do the things that you're, you're hearing, but also to know how to change things when they should be changed. Or, you know, you have the song written and you're like, there's something missing. I know I can do this theory related thing to accomplish that. Well, (laughs) and you've talked a little bit about, uh, I've heard it said not necessarily from you, but I've heard just in general that if you start from a piano that you can basically then theory out towards anything, and, yeah, and I I've, loved doing the piano stuff, yeah. Yeah. And then I've heard you talk about like you were originally a guitarist and because you were a guitarist you could back theory to piano. Is more how you learned or did you learn piano first? No, I didn't. I kind of learned them roughly at the same time, but it was I mean really I felt like somebody who started at the theory spot. Like I don't okay. think that I really improved on any instrument or was great at any instrument. And I'm still not, but I, I think I'm better at the instruments I play because of the theory of the side. Theory. So I would actually, yeah, I would say I kind of started because okay. where I actually grew up was playing 
I, like in orchestras, I was an oboe player and that's the only thing I played growing up. And so I knew how to read music and I knew scales. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really know much more theory than that. And it wasn't until I started actually knowing that those scales meant so much more yeah. <laughs> and, and what those notes on the page meant that I think it made the other instruments workable for me. So the real important question that comes out of all of this is have you used the oboe in any of your later projects and do you still play oboe? I, I haven't really played it lately just cause it's a hard instrument to just bust back out cause of the reeds. Uh -huh. Um, you have to like buy reeds and they only last so long, but I did play uh, oboe on several songs in after Z. That's, that's impressive. And okay. I did, but I used it. It's not super recognizable. It might be in a couple parts. I used a lot of effects on it though. Okay. Yeah. And for those, an oboe is what it's clarinet family, isn't it? No, it's, it's a woodwind. Um, it's, it's pretty hard to play actually, because it has a very s small, thin wood reed that you blow into. Uh -huh. And it, uh, like they, I mean, there are people that make them and it's like an art form for how you make them. So yeah. you have to be the perfect thickness and because they, you, you basically have to hold it completely in your mouth. You have to tighten it with your cheeks and you have uh -huh. to be able to make them vibrate off each other the right way. And so it's, it's known as a pretty hard instrument to get good sound out of because of that. That that's that's impressive. So of all the I always think it's funny there I feel like there's a large number of musicians and and songwriters and stuff who you'll find out like their original instrument was something really odd like yeah. the oboe um, the one, and I probably use this example way too often, but um, Van Halen, I know that the original instrument that Eddie and Alex Van Halen played was actually accordion. There you go. So I, yeah. I don't know. I always find that interesting, the, the weird stuff that they started on. So nice. Nathan, thank you for being on. Thank you for uh, letting us be nerds about songwriting with, with us. It was really informative. I'm really glad you could have us on. And everybody, thanks for listening and being nerds about songwriting.